Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Greetings, I'm Bernard. And I'm Magenta. You might know us from such hit podcasts as Madame Magenta, Sonus Mystica. Horror anthology Magenta Presents. Or season three of Mockery Manor. We're everywhere. And we're spreading faster than an STD in an old folks' home, because now we have a brand new podcast, Wham! Wham! It's a fun acronym that stands for We Have a Movie. Oh, it's not just an acronym, Bernard. It's not? It's a chat podcast where we invent smash hit Hollywood movies based on popular toys. If you like the Barbie movie and you want to see similar treatments of your favourite childhood toys, I'll wager you'll like Wham! With episodes on Polly Pocket, Rubik's Cube, Game Boy, Strawberry Shortcake, Furby, Connect Four, and lots of other nostalgia bait. But it's not just for adults who still like toys. It's a podcast for Anyone who loves Hollywood tropes and comedy. And quantum mechanics. And BDSM. Wham! has something for everyone, but is still specifically about movies. That's Wham! W-H-A-M. You know, like when Batman punches someone. Yes. Adam West. That Batman. Exactly. Not the Christopher Nolan one. No. Download it anywhere you listen to podcasts. (sighs) That's what the world needs, another movie podcast. Was that clear? Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned quantum mechanics. Hmm. Hey Arden fans, this is just to say that this episode contains extremely mild spoilers for our second season finale, which will be dropping later this year. If you don't want to know those spoilers, I get it, but I don't think they'll ruin the experience for you. This episode contains mild adult language and veiled references to COVID-19. Arden is brought to you by Wayface Industries, the very merry people who make Womb video conferencing software. There's no place like Womb for the holidays. You there, boy. What day is it? I said, you there, boy. What day is it? Uh, And then, Brenda, you're supposed to say... Uh, It's December 23rd. I haven't missed it then. The meeting's done, right? I can go? Yes. In fact, everybody go. We're not going to get anything done right now that we couldn't get done in the new year. That's it for 2020, everybody. Suck it, 2020. Yes, I suppose you're right. Just another year I won't get my wish. Andy, what are you talking about? Oh, please don't do this, Brenda. He's going to have some nonsense he's concerned about, and then we're going to have to waste valuable time on whatever comes out of his mouth next. Pamela, this isn't nonsense. It's my Christmas wish. I'm leaving this meeting. Wait, there's no way to leave the meeting. Just shut your laptop. Then the meeting will automatically transfer to your phone. Throw it in the toilet. Then the meeting will automatically appear in all Wayface branded mirrors in your home, automobile, or place of business. Fine. Let's hear about this Christmas wish. I'd made it. I had a house, a car, a robot dog, a life-size ant farm, an ant-sized piggy bank, another car, the Mary Tyler Mona Lisa, three-tenths of the Arizona Cardinals, Magna Carta Monopoly, another car, romantic partner, a TGI Fridays in Spokane, a helicopter, which is kind of a car if you think about it, billions of dollars, my roommate Jeff Handsome. Is there a but? Are you 
You're just going to list everything that you own. But what I realized is I haven't made it. I'm not getting my dearest Christmas wish. If this is the thing about the three ghosts you bring up every year, I swear to baby Jesus. I've never once been visited by three ghosts on Christmas Eve who remind me constantly how rich I am and how much other people are aware of it. A Christmas carol is not about that. I haven't been Christmas caroled. That's how you know you've made it. I, I hope you meet a ghost, Andy. Sincerely. Really do. Everybody... Have a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, an amazing new year, and all of that. We'll get started on season three of Arden in the new year. But until then, a pleasure working with you as always. Andy, end the meeting. You can't make me. All right. <sighs> Another night of sleep. Another night of non-canon adventures. Come, Excelsior. <laughs> Oh, my friend. <laughs> Go love with my Waymate, play whale sounds. Ah. Now to fall asleep immediately. Marley was dead. To begin with, Scrooge signed the register of her burial, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. But who killed Jane Marley? What horrible secrets was her death covering up? And what can three ghosts visiting one man in one night tell us about the Christmas spirit? Join us, won't you? as we boil a man with his own pudding and bury him with a stake of holly through his heart. On Arden. You're late, Brenda Cratchit. I'm sorry. I had the wrong time on my calendar. Wait, wait, wait. I need to change my womb background to the counting house. How do I do that again? Oh, there's a little arrow next to the video button. Just, just... Ah, there we go. I was out solving the case of who killed Jane Marley. Oh, marvelous. Just as I requested. This is why I expanded my offerings from merely counting money to include the solving of cases long thought impossible to solve. A hell of a thing to ask a gal to do on Christmas Eve. Bah! Humbug! Christmas a humbug? If you say so. Anyway, if you give me screen sharing privileges, I can show you my report on what killed old Marley. There you go. But this says Marley died of old age. Just like the coroner said. I've never seen a case be solved this quickly and efficiently. I thought deaths usually had a massive criminal conspiracy behind them. They don't, on a shockingly regular basis. Marley got old and died. It happens. Oh, hey, since tomorrow's Christmas, I was thinking about taking the day off. And I know you'd say, Private detectives don't get days off. I need to get to the bottom of this mystery, etc., etc., etc. But I'd like to make merry with my son, Tiny Tim. You have a son? I adopted a ward. 
I guess he's tiny. We'll find out what that means later, I'm sure. Huh. That gives me a notion. Do I get the day off or not? Well, I don't want to stand in the way of a Merry Christmas for a boy with a name like Tiny Tim. As that name fills me with all kinds of melancholy. And I want him to have one day of merriment. But not you, Cratchit. Be here all the earlier on December 26. But that's St. Stephen's Day. Uh, duh. All the earlier. Ah, fine. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Bah. Humbug. You should keep workshopping that, pal. As you can see from my altered womb background, we are now in my very large, lonely estate. I'm sitting before the fire, sipping a cup of hot tea, and it's howling with snow outside, even though we're in Los Angeles, and I imagined I saw a ghostly hearse drive up the stairs alongside me as I climbed to my chambers. I'm trying not to think about it. Oh, Andy Neezer Scrooge, please stop narrating. Yeah, 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 it's me. Pamela Jane Marley. <laughs> Boo. Uh, but you've been dead these seven years, and you weren't always accompanied by a cadre of howling spirits as your seasonally inappropriate background. I'm back, pal, with all my ghost friends. Except ignorance and want. They're no fun. Oh, Jane, it's so good to see you. Tell me about the afterlife. It's a Denny's. And the worse you've been, the less you can get the waiter's attention. Well, okay, I've heard that if you're a good person at some point it becomes an IHOP, but that's what the afterlife is. Sorry to disappoint you. Oh no, I love a moon over my hammy. Just another reason to die. Oh, but Andy Neezer, you have been so very wicked that you would never get the waiter's attention. No, you'd sit there for eternity, mouth-watering, craving the sharp, salty taste of the ham, the satisfying crunch of the toast, the gooey cheese, but never, ever, ever, ever being able to order. Oh, dear God, Jane. What must I do? Oh, do you see these chains? No. Damn it, I knew I shouldn't have put Bea in charge of props. Of course, these don't read on camera. It's fine. <clears throat> Boo! Do you see these chains? Yes, now I do. Yeah, yeah, because I forged them in life. I squeezed every goddamn penny, stretched every dollar. No. Wait, are, are, are those things opposites? Okay, fine. My larger point remains. I was great with money and such. You were excellent with money. You always had a head for business. No, honey. Mankind should have been my business. Are you listening to any of this? I mean, at least some of it. So by making mankind my business, do you mean I should figure out new and creative ways to exploit my workforce? No. I mean, you've amassed an absurd amount of wealth, and you mostly sit in a chair and counted. What good is money if you just counted all the time and you don't use it to help people? Counting is something I'm very fond of, however. No, no, 
Nobody should be as rich as you, Scrooge. See, this is where I disagree with you on a few key points. Nobody should be as rich as you, Scrooge. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought that would get your attention. And guess what else will get your attention? Three spirits who will teach you all about the joys of Christmas on an extremely tight timetable. We're talking weeks here because... Hours. 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 Yes. At midnight, spirit number one. 2 a.m., that's spirit number two's time to shine. And oh, will she shine. 4 a.m., spirit number three. She'll be your favorite. She's my favorite. Now, this is a highly scheduled evening, and we do hope that you find the level of preparation enhances your enjoyment of the experience. And it will be an experience. Can you put all of these in my calendar? Because this is oh, trust me, trust me, trust me. You'll know when you're being haunted. (laughs) Thank you for using Christmas Ghosts LLC, a Wayface Industries company. Holla, the good ghosts. Spirit, spirit. (sighs) That wasn't actually Jane Marley. That was just a particularly vivid nightmare. Probably brought on by indigestion. I should have stopped at four moons over my hammy. Moon over my hammy? No, no, moons over my hammy. Oh, the ghost of Christmas past wishes to join my meeting. I don't see why not. Behold, it is I, Lorena Christopher, the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) Why did you let me join you if you were going to be scared? Well, it's rather rude to leave someone in the waiting room, don't you think? I'm here to take you on a scenic journey through Christmas's past. Gosh, it's really all there in the name, huh? I probably don't need to explain it. Point of order, Christmas long past? No, Scrooge, your past. Now, observe your childhood home. (sighs) My God. Every eve, shingle and portcullis, all perfectly realized. And those must be the bogs of my youth. You've captured it all perfectly. But how? How did you know? I have a time machine, Andrew Neeser. A time machine called the Public Library. Can it be purchased? By definition, no. Now, a few quick hits. Here's the school you went to. Ah, that merry old fortress. And here's a Wayface family Christmas photo. Where did you get that? Ah, podcaster never reveals her secrets. Now, your childhood sweetheart. That's just a photo of me. Well, you had to learn to love yourself before you could love anyone else. I quote from The Way is Straight, The Face is Long. Andy, Wayface, The Unauthorized Autobiography. I knew I never should have let myself write that book. Hmm. Oh, now where are we? Oh, the year? 1937. The place, the set of the screwball classic Bringing Up Baby. This has nothing to do with me, though. Well, you're not the only one with a bucket list, Scrooge. Now, am I Andy right now, or am I Scrooge? This is your fantasy, pal. Now... Here is when you truly had the Christmas spirit. Remember these parties? The music, the dancing, the mistletoe? Ah, and there's my first boss, 
the master of revels himself, Steve Wozniak. I suppose that sounds a little like Fezziwig, yes? Oh, each and every year, he would purchase the gifts from the 12 days of Christmas for 12 lucky employees. One year, Woz hired 30 separate lords across three separate days to run directly at me, then leap over my head. It was terrifying. My best friend, Bella, who worked one desk over, received 40 golden rings. I'd say she got the better deal. Did things ever turn romantic with Bella? She was clearly into you. Was she? Oh, I suppose that explains why she kept asking me on dates. Now, here's my final slide, which is just a picture I had Teresa Photoshop of you attending prom with Krampus. It's meant to show that you let greed and avarice come between you and your essential joyfulness. But you maybe look too happy in it. Who wouldn't be? Holding Krampus awkwardly but meaningfully like that. And that's my presentation on your many Christmases past. I hope it was helpful. Yes. <laughs> I remembered that even though I have so much money, I am a fundamentally good person. Which means that it's also good that I have all that money! That wasn't the point of... I see the ghost of Christmas present joined the meeting, and this is awkward because we used to date. Thank you, Andronizer, and good night. Oh, wow. I really do look like I'm a giant. <laughs> see, womb can do anything, including making you look taller than a house. Hi, Andy. Er, uh, Scrooge? It's me! The ghost of Christmas present, be a Casely. What? We're already having a conversation. I didn't realize you were a ghost. I'm really more of a Santa Claus pastiche, if you think about it. All right, Father Christmas is not a Santa Claus pastiche. How dare you be? Look, do you want Brenda to join this call or not? Shouldn't you be taking me to see other people before we get back to the Cratchits? Just a quick... Tour the snowy streets, the, the busy markets, and so on and so forth. Everybody's staying home for Christmas this year. Or they should be. That doesn't mean we can't see the snowy streets. We're in Los Angeles. Fine. Um, here's a live view of my parents' house. Oh, so snowy. <laughs> How are Harold and Connie? Disappointed. Yes, <laughs> that sounds like my friends. So, if we can just add Brenda to the call, and then we can, you know, How get on. How are you, Bea? I'm worried about you. Cooped inside all year? I'm fine. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I had to cede my home office to Cassie. Is Cassie a girlfriend? I hear to for unknown sister. An evil twin. My sourdough starter. Things got out of hand. But I've been super productive. I read War and Peace. I got super into yoga. I adopted another cat. And I watched the entire run of Meet the Press twice. And I launched my new podcast, Spelling Bia with Bia Casely, in which I explain how to spell words. Have you listened? Oh, Bia. 
Who has time to listen to podcasts when they're not commuting? But the episodes are so nice and short. Just two hours twice a week. Okay, listen, listen. Episode 45, How to Spell Accommodate, is a really moving and personal installment. It starts out being about how to spell the word accommodate, and it ends up weaving together three separate stories about my sibling rivalry with Asher, the 17th century tulip fever in the Netherlands, and the long, ugly legacy of mercantilism. Let's add Brenda to the call. Happy Christmas, everyone. Let's all remember the man who made this possible, Andy Neezer Scrooge, my mean old boss with a heart of gold. But Brenda, I hate old Mr. Scrooge. Ha <laughs> ha honey. Let's remember Mr. Scrooge keeps a roof over our heads. Hey, can just go to hell. I is that a cardboard cutout of me? Well, you didn't want to play my wife. Mrs. Cratchit is a thankless role. And where did you get a cardboard cutout of me? Uh, nowhere. Oh, I had those made. I'd made a deal to put them in every bar, restaurant, gym, and hair salon in the country. And then life got in the way. I snagged one to play my wife for this elaborate Christmas Carol cosplay thing we're doing right now. Are we still doing that or are we just like hanging out now? I think kind of both. Okay, cool. I was unable to find a suitable Tiny Tim, so if either of you wants to... <laughs> I'd love to play Tiny Tim. Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> I love Mr. Scrooge. He's the one who gave us this Christmas feast. Oh, beer. Look at that turkey. It's barely the size of a songbird. Uh, I think that is a songbird? Yeah. Neat, huh? It's called Ortolan bunting. You, like, put a blindfold over your face and eat it like you're eating a chicken McNugget, but you don't want God to see. Oh, you know, my rich guy friends say I need to try that. You should. The recipe's on allrecipes.com and the blindfolds are on Etsy. Wait, why do you wear the blindfold if you don't want God to see? God can only see stuff through people's eyes. So you put the blindfold on? Well, you just found a loophole in his whole deal. Okay, God does not utilize people as a mass CCTV system. Say, that gives me an idea. I thought you knew your Bible, Bia. Anyway, you put the whole bird in your mouth and bite down and the bones crunch and your blood mixes with the birds. Neat, huh? I've been meaning to try it all along and this year I finally had the time. And yet, you won't listen to spelling Bia. I told you, I'll get to it when I get to it. And you can't while you're cooking? That's me time. Every moment of your life is me time. At least I don't have every second of my quarantine hyper-scheduled. Gosh, I've learned my lesson about keeping the season festive and giving of myself to my fellow man. And my goodness, Tiny Tim, what a symbolically fraught fellow. God bless us, everyone. I sure hope Tiny Tim is okay. Oh, look, the ghost of Christmas yet to come has joined the call. Good night, ladies. Who is in such a fancy robe pointing through the gloom? Are these the visions of things yet unseen? I see. Oh, I see. You're pointing at... Now, what am I looking at precisely? 
It's an actuarial table, you doofus. Read it and see the end. Rosalind, it's you! Oh, of course it is! Who else that you know could play yet to come? Wait, wait. Can you see the future? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do I die? How do you die? Uh, I, I actually shouldn't uh, tell you that. It's cheating. No, 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 no. Do I die? Oh, um, probably. Yep, seems like a safe bet. I, actually, Pamela made a little thing for, for me that if, if you'll just let me change my background here, I can... <clears throat> Look, Scrooge, it's your own tombstone. Isn't that a scary thing to see? My God, what font is that? I don't know. Pamela said... Why are you asking me to do this when I sent her the link to tombstonemaker.com? So I'm guessing she just used the defaults. Well, it's hideous. Well, I don't think you actually have to use this tombstone. No, too late. You showed me the future. I'm locked into this absolutely horrific typeface. Trust me when I say that you really don't have to have your tombstone say Andy Knees or Scrooge. It can say whatever you want. It can say... Andy Wayface, for instance. Very popular name. Or it could say, like, Rex Bad Boy. <laughs> Neat, huh? <clears throat> or, These are only the shadow of things that might be. You can still change them. Spooky. <laughs> but if this is a prophetic dream... Okay, then... Andy, this is not a prophetic dream. This is just you having a little too much eggnog before bed. And presumably you miss me since I'm here in your dream. I haven't seen you in almost a year. And you never reply to my email forwards. I see from your Instagram that New York is treating you well. Well, I never leave my apartment. I picked a great time to move there, huh? <laughs> I agree. The American musical theater is experiencing a new renaissance. Oh, when things open up again, we'll have to see that new scotch and soda stage show. Oh, uh, I love that. Oh, me too. <sighs> you realize it, it won't be the same, right? Well, uh, this is a bad dream, so that must be something I fear will be true that isn't true. Do you always know when you're dreaming? My life is so indistinguishable from a dream that it's a useful skill to cultivate. <laughs> oh... God, we'll always be friends, Andy. That much is true. But I have my own life now. New friends, new job, new city. When you see me again, I'll be me, but also not. And there's nothing wrong with that. People change. It doesn't change what they meant to you or what you shared. But it also means you can't have the things that you once did. Not anymore. Things change. I know that. Do you? I just said I did. <laughs> That's why we love holidays, right? The more things change, the more we change, the more we try to keep them the same. We hold on to traditions, even when the world gets in the way. Like Bea's family gathering to annoy each other over Womb, or Brenda and her father playing chess over the information superhighway. <clears throat> Brenda's playing chess. <laughs> there was a television program that became quite popular, is my understanding. Uh, but, yes, we build these little islands of time, 
every year and we try and keep them the same, even though we know we will always fail. It's kind of beautiful, really. Next year, I'll have everyone come over to Wayface Manor for the holidays. The whole gang and assorted hangers-on. Maybe I'll even let you pet Excelsior, the robot dog. Oh, that would be nice. <clears throat> you realize that you can't keep everything the way it's always been with money, right? Ah, you old Andy give away your money sneak attack. I mean, yes, give away your money. Nobody should have that much money, but... I, I think you sometimes use that money to try to keep things you love in place. You buy a detective agency, or a radio station, or a cooking school. I haven't done that yet. I haven't even told anyone. How do you know about that? Well, this is a dream, and I'm not really Rosalind. The only person who knows is here right now. It, you can't keep things the same forever. No matter how much you try, you have to reinvent Christmas to fit your life as it is now, not as it was then. You think that we, and by we I mean I, tried to preserve things in amber because we only have so many chances at one happy perfect moment in life. And by trying to make everything the same, we instead trap it in place, making it impossible to have anything new. I'm just the dream messenger. Oh, hey, um... <clears throat> I think they're here to wake you up. It was nice to see you again like this. Don't try and hang on too much, Andy. Find new things to love and new worlds to conquer. And definitely give away your money. See, I knew you weren't me. <laughs> Aren't I? You there, boy. What day is it? Andy, you're awake. Um, it's Christmas. Eve. It's just Christmas Eve. Then I haven't missed it, because Christmas is tomorrow. Why are you all here? In this perfect high-definition video conferencing call made possible by Womb. We tried to virtually Christmas carol you last night, but you were asleep by 5 p.m. It's too bad you missed it. Teresa Hollanday's Tiny Tim negotiated death to a draw. A draw! I had prepared a whole lecture on how Charles Dickens left his wife for a younger actress. Oh, and I, um, I also left you a 40-minute voicemail on how to spell solstice. I'm truly sorry. You look so lonely in your big bed. I wanted to make sure someone would be here waiting for you when you got up. So we all started, well, I guess you'd call it a wandering womb. Maybe rethink that. You stayed up all night watching over me? Hell no. I went to bed. I left the womb window open, and when I woke up at 8 a.m., it was still open. So I've just peeked in on you every so often while I've been baking cookies. My God, it's almost 5 p.m. Why didn't you wake me? We tried. We kept yelling. You were out cold. I have so much holiday shopping to do. I have so many major companies to buy for all my friends. Bia, I never know what to get you. How do you feel about uh, Sephora? Oh, good. And he's awake. And he's buying us companies. Can I request the MGM library? I'd settled for the RKO library, honestly. Lorena! I knew it. I knew it wasn't a dream. You all really did Christmas carol me. 
We would have, but you were asleep, out cold. Malcolm Volio was heartbroken you missed his take on the ghost of Christmas yet to come. He hand-stitched that robe. Ah, but Rosalind was the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Sorry, we tried to get Rosalind to help out, but she couldn't make the time zone difference work. She said she might drop in on this room over the next couple of days. Then I... I was dreaming? Am I still dreaming? Good thing I have my top. If it never stops spinning, I'm still in a dream. But if it does stop spinning, this is reality. Now, to find out. Does anyone know how to spin a top? Oh, trust me, this is reality. We can't be with the people we love this year, and I think we're all maybe a little lonely. So we're going to leave this womb open as long as we possibly can. Even if this is a poor substitute, nice to know I can turn on my computer and still see you. And we've sent this link to everybody we know and love. I even invited my parents. I'll be back later tonight. I promised my husband I'd play some absurd, complicated board game with 15 pages of rules with them, so... Wish me luck. Which reminds me, I should go help Teresa free these imprisoned reindeer from the unscrupulous land developers who want to turn this little town into a theme park. I'll tell you the full story sometime. It's it's really something. Uh, I'll see you guys in a little bit. I should go argue with the handyman about the changes he wants to make to the Christmas-themed inn I inherited in small-town Vermont. In the dating sim that I'm playing. Love you all. Merry Christmas. You're not going? Nah. I'm talking to my mom tomorrow. Talk to my dad already today. Maybe we'll talk again tomorrow. Maybe we won't. It's nice to have people you know love you out there. Even if you haven't talked to them in a while. So you don't mind if I sit here and watch you bake cookies? No, I'm counting on you tasting the dough. <laughs> Alas, a womb does not yet allow taste or smell sharing. Well, get cracking on that. <laughs> <laughs> you have any plans tomorrow? Oh, uh, Jeff Handsome and I are going to watch some of our favorite beach party movies. He's from Australia, you know has very odd ideas about Christmas weather. Hmm. You know, even though I knew it was just a dream, I wish Rosalind had really been there. I miss her. I do too, pal. Maybe she'll pop in while we wait. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it would. Well, I wouldn't want to interrupt this lovely scene. <laughs> I hope all of you listeners are well, and I hope you're able to have a happy holidays in this very strange year. And thank you, as always, for listening to our show. And I guess I'm reading the credits this week, so I'll do that. <clears throat> An Arden Christmas Carol was written by Christopher Dole. Sarah Golub, Libby Hill, and Emily Vanderwerf. Directed by Emily Vanderwerf. Our composer is Christopher Hatfield. Our logo is by Dylan Farr. And our social media manager is Eliza Wheeler. Arden stars Michelle Agresti, Tracy Syed, Shannon Estabrook, Shirley de Gaston. 
Benjamin Watts and Mia Drake. Arden was created and executive produced by Emily Vanderwerf, Christopher Dole, and Sarah Gollick. The series is produced in Los Angeles County on the ancestral lands of the Tongva, Totovium, and Chumash. Our website is ardenpodcast.com and you can find us on all social media platforms, support us on Patreon or by purchasing merchandise on TeePublic. And thank you, as always, for listening to Arden and supporting us throughout 2020. No matter when you listen to this, we are so thankful that you found our show and we hope you've had a holiday season worth celebrating. We'll see you again in 2021. And now, as requested, Janet Yarick's 12 Days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my book it gave to me a plastic skull from TV. On the second day of Christmas, my book it gave to me two rusty screws and a plastic skull from TV. On the third day of Christmas, my book it gave to me three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. On the fourth day of Christmas, my book it gave to me four dirty rags, three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. On the fifth day of Christmas, my book it gave to me five bucket seats four dirty rags three vet mops two rusty screws and a plastic skull from tv on the sixth day of christmas my bucket gave to me six platinum buckets five bucket seats four dirty rags three vet mops two rusty screws and a plastic skull from tv on the seventh day of Christmas, my bucket gave to me seven purple buckets, six platinum buckets, five bucket seats, four dirty rags, three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. On the eighth day of Christmas, my bucket gave to me eight ochre buckets, seven purple buckets, six platinum buckets, five bucket seats. Four dirty rags, three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. On the ninth day of Christmas, my bucket gave to me nine yellow buckets, eight ochre buckets, seven purple buckets, six platinum buckets, five bucket seats. Four dirty rags, three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. On the tenth day of Christmas, my bucket gave to me ten copper buckets, nine yellow buckets, eight ochre buckets, seven purple buckets, six platinum buckets, five bucket seats, four dirty rags, three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my bucket gave to me eleven silver buckets, ten copper buckets, nine yellow buckets, eight ochre buckets, seven purple buckets, six platinum buckets, five bucket seats, 
Four dirty rags, three vet-mops, two rusty screws, and a plastic skull from TV. Here we go. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my bucket gave to me. Twelve golden buckets, eleven silver buckets, ten copper buckets, nine yellow buckets, eight ochre buckets, seven purple buckets, six platinum buckets, five bucket seats. Four dirty rags, three vet mops, two rusty screws, and a partridge in a pear tree. Gotcha there. Got the partridge at the end. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The first thing you need to know about the Vegas Sci-Fi Adventure podcast is that you're not just listening to someone tell you a story. You are stepping into a world. And Vega Rex, the woman at the center of this saga, is currently sitting at the top of it. This is not by accident. For millennia, the country Vega calls home has been carefully honing the skills of its state-contracted killers. And these so-called holy warriors have gotten real good at taking down the world's worst criminals. Or, as they would call it, cleansing. 400 kills into her career, Vega is the most decorated hunter there has ever been, and likely would have stayed that way if it had not been for him. An explosive encounter with the terrorist sets Vega on a path of revenge that is so thoroughly illegal that before this story is done, she will have risked it all, life, limb, and love, to satisfy her vengeance and keep her record of righteous kills perfect. My name is Ivoma Okoro, and I have so much more to tell you about this. Check out Vega, a sci-fi adventure podcast anywhere you listen to them. Because baby, I'm just getting started. <laughs>